And the alternative to that is exactly the WEF view, which is that, quite frankly, there's too many people on the planet. And every time I hear that, I think, just exactly what spirit is saying that? And just precisely, who the hell do you think should go? And just exactly how? Freedom and God Podcast, presented by JPF and Associates and the JohnPFox.com training portal and classroom, where we share commentary, wisdom, and counsel. This is a weekly podcast show. Thank you for tuning in. All rise. The dishonorable judge has entered the room. And guys, that is never been more true in history. We can't trust basic elementary anymore. Rules, rights, laws, none of it matters. Very scary. Dems roll out Taylor Swift. <laughs> so guys, I'm just kind of giving you a brief right here at the start of our show. Shark Tank's Kevin O'Leary on the Engron's definition of fraud. Uh, Laura Ingram also is going to weigh in on that one. The biased result on the uh, ju- that the judge entered. Jordan Peterson on the WEF. <laughs> Today's hope message, guys. We're going to look at the uh, book of Romans, chapter 9. And I'm going to be delivering today's hope message. So hope message from yours truly. And then we have a health segment on the American Freedom and God podcast. Every week we do that. We got to add a little health segment. It's very important. You're gonna, you, if you're gonna make it without having all the issues that a person can have in and out of, you know, health issues can land you in and out of the hospital, in and out of the clinics all the time, taking pharmaceuticals. Um, if you're going to get past this and not be a victim of that, uh, what I just mentioned, you, then this health segment is one way to start. I mean, we're always going to pick on one important aspect of your health each and every week. So that's what that's all about. So why am I saying all rise the dishonorable judge has entered the room? Well, you know, we're going to get to that. We're going to get to that. That's exactly what the, today's title is. I mean, this is episode 120. Do we have a bell or anything? Woo! Ouch. <laughs> you know what we got to do? We got to adjust the volume on that bell. Oh, wow. <laughs> it was a little much. That's okay. By the time you guys are hearing this, I will have done worked some magic on the editing aspect or end of this here podcast episode. Yes, these are recorded shows, but you know what? It's recorded because every now and again, we, you, we might stumble or goof on something, and I haven't 
the equipment yet to just be going live. If we decide that that's the thing to do, then by God, we'll just do it. And that's the attitude around here. That's right. <laughs> so, all right, the dishonorable judge has entered the room. What I'm trying to say is that um, when we go to our justice system courtrooms, we uh, we we have a lot of respect for that. You know, it's it, if you're finding yourself from you know everything from a people's court where there's small claims happening, cases being heard. To traffic court where you know you may have uh, ran a red light or something and now you're just there to because you were summoned and so when we go there the first thing that the bailiff says is all rise the honorable judge and then he enters the name of the judge presiding is entering the room and we all stand and we do it out of respect you know lest you want to be in contempt of this here courtroom <laughs> so we all stand out of respect and it's it's formal most of the time you're wearing your you're looking your best when you're in court and we're all standing there and our looking our best smelling our best damn cologne or whatever perfume and then we wait until he says you may now be seated so this honorable figure approaches the bench with an honorable robe on almost as if out of heaven or somewhere of course, in heaven they're white, but you're wearing a black one. <laughs> so where is that? What does that tell you? Anyways, that all right? I'm not gonna go there. There's honorable robe is on, and he says, "You may now be seated," or he just sits there and lets the bailiff say it. Looks over at uh, what's on his desk for the docket today, and then uh, you know the court proceedings begin. Well, today's title is. All rise, the dishonorable judge has entered the room. And it is not to poke fun at anyone in particular. Now, I could think of a name or two, but it is to say that that is what is becoming the norm in the United States. So if it's cool to, you know, what I remember when I was a big, I started out as a big racing fan. One of my favorites became Jeff Gordon. I'm not going to get off track for, for very long. I'm just going to tell you something. And, I started hearing from my friends, you know, Jeff Gordon, he's the one everybody loves to hate. Why is that? I mean, I was kind of new to racing. Well, Jeff Gordon is kind of a newcomer. He's not from the South. And every time he gets out there, he's a threat to Dale Earnhardt, and he's a threat to the people that normally win. Jeff gets in there and he challenges them, and he, sometimes he beats them. As a matter of fact, he's been beating them here lately, and people are getting ticked. Jeff Gordon was the one they loved to hate. They wanted to call him all these things. They they attacked him. Okay, we're seeing that on a massive mammoth scale with the uh, with the new um, presidential campaigning this year. It's election season. This is 2024 election season, and then there's this love to hate. Thing happening to uh, Donald Trump, which is the opponent to the incumbent president, or I should say resident, because I truly believe that that was a stolen election, not to be an election denier, but to be someone who believes what he truly believes. Got plenty of receipts on that. So I'm looking at this going, the norm today is that the justices don't really have to follow, you know, law basically the way we normally do. And in, in, in that sense, if there's no victim and there's no really, there's no crime, but they just want you out of their town so they convict you anyway and have you removed 
That's dishonorable. And it's becoming more and more normal in the United States. And it's all because of one guy that everybody or many have loved to hate. It was the name they loved to hate. Mainstream media, political uh, political opponents, obviously. But even in the day, political opponents didn't necessarily, they did what we called mudslinging. But they didn't necessarily just go all hate, you know, play, go all out hate, you know, or what one used to say back when there was problems with our uh, United States post office, we'd go all postal on, on the guy. You know, it, this didn't used to be the way it is now. It used to be just called mudslinging. So and so was running for mayor, has also done hookers in the hotel room. I've got some proof of that right here. I'm holding up a chart. Shows him going in the door right here with these here hookers. You really want this guy to be your mayor? And that is what we used to do. You know, it's what it used to be. It was called mudslinging. Now it's all out war against political opponents, especially if a newcomer comes and starts beating everybody in the race. That is the one that they decided is the one they love to hate. And even the justices are being biased. One of the main things we have to watch out for is that if a justice is already biased in the first place, it's a biased-oriented judgment is about to, to be made, then it's not a true judgment. And not to mention, it's dishonorable. I think the judge that I'm kind of talking about today is the same judge up in New York who decided that the top name right now in politics can no longer do business in New York because, um, and I can't answer it from there. Because why? Everybody's bewildered. No one has an actual answer. And if they did, they'd be, let's say your kid came home from school and they're all in trouble with the teacher and they tell you about it and they got all these marks against them and it, and suspended for a day or two. And you, they, then when they, you asked them why, what did you do? And they said, well, I didn't do anything. That's exactly what's going on in this courtroom. <laughs> he's getting suspended. He's getting sent home. He's getting kicked out of town. He's getting stripped of his money. And then when you ask why, nobody's got an answer. So it caused me to create today's episode. Um, I was going to go into a lot of other things. There are so many things, Debbie. There's so many things I could talk about. I mean, the, the, when I was preparing for the show today, when putting this together, I didn't know which way to go. I mean, there's so many things we could be talking about. And then you're going to go this direction or that direction. What are you going to do, John? Well, what I, what I decided I have to do is I have to do a monologue. We have to open the show and just start talking. And let's just do this off the cuff. You know, right now in this country, elementary is basically not elementary anymore. And I was trying to write it down here a little bit. What, what will I talk about? Well, we can't trust basic elementary anymore the rules the rights the laws any of it you know they they asked a couple of kids that uh, i don't know if it's penn or one of the other universities uh, in the northeast recently they're young they just got in they're in college that they probably had to pay tons of money to get there and they probably had to at least have some kind of brilliance to get in right you have a pre-test a pre-exam well, I don't know about that because they were asked, you know, you guys are new students now. I'm just going to ask you real quick. What is uh, four times 15? You know, it's an easy one. Yeah. And they all just started chuckling and giggling. <laughs> He's asking for four times 15. And, um, and that's when we all got shocked. They started to laugh at the, at the question, but then it became not so funny when they didn't have the answer. 49? 
And then you looked at her friend, her friend as she was trying to, you know, one of the interviewees, and she said, 49? What do you think? And the friend goes, yeah, I'm going with 49. And then the guy standing, the third one, yeah, we're all going with 49. And by this point, this is post-worthy right, right there. This is post-worthy. This is what we need. Anybody that's sensible needs to be showing others. Not to, not to make you mad at the people that, you know, messed up the question, but to make, to make you understand that this is where a certain ideology is turning. This is what it, this ideology is doing to the smarts of these young people. Dumbing down. Dumbing down. And it, you know what? They're not going to admit that, or oh, we would never do that on purpose. Of course not. But it is the policies, guys, just look at the policies, the school boards. Look at what's important to them. Look at what's happened in the last five years. Look at how it's all changed. Look at the newcomer that everybody loves to hate that came into politics. Look at it all. And then you start to realize, no, they're not going to tell you directly that's what you're trying to do. Matter of fact, it's probably coming from higher ups, you know, people that consider themselves higher ups, like say at the WEF. They want to dumb down Americans. It's been going on for a very long time. It's been said back in the 80s that, uh, you know, and it might not even have been an American that said it. It could have been somebody from the KGB in Russia being interviewed, to, you know, just letting you know, hey, they're going to try to interlude to, they're going to try to infiltrate America. They're going to try to change America from inside. It's coming. And that was said back in the 80s. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to be direct on, on where I got that from. But, guys, I did come across that article just earlier as I was looking at all the tons of stuff there is to look at today. wanted to point out, though, that we simply we're, we're denouncing ele basic elementary. We're saying that no longer is two and two equaling four. I'm going to sit you in a chair. I'm going to tie you down in a cellar somewhere where nobody can hear or see you going to put bright lights in your face and you're not going to be able to move your head. Um, you're going to close your eyes, but it's going to be so bright, you're still going to see it. And I'm going to tell you two and two equals five, and I'm going to be whipping on you until you agree with me. That's an extreme way to see it. You can take that and throw that out, what I just said. But you guys, when it comes right down to it, did you know I saw an episode of Star Trek where that was happening to Captain Kirk? And did you know that this is really what people are trying to do right now somewhere in this world to somebody who becomes their, you know, target to convince a man that he has done wrong and that he must now get out of town and hit the gavel onto the judge bench and say, that's final. Oh, and by the way, pay all your money, all your millions and get out of my town. <laughs> That's a little harsh way to put it, but have you ever watched an old Western? I mean, it's kind of what's happening here uh, with the recent ruling from Judge Ingram in New York City, a, a court that um, Letitia James is uh, acting attorney general over, I believe, or uh, the, the you know number one prosecutor. Uh, you know what? We've been hearing her name so much and other people's names like Fannie Willis and other people's names across the nation going after Trump. I, I kind of forget who's what. The IG and AG and prosecutor. That's besides the point, guys. I will apologize in advance if I get a name wrong or a, you know, an occupation or, you know, a status of somebody. So moving on, the rule of elementary is depleted if we continue to go this way. As a matter of fact, it's kind of, it's depleted now. 
what we have to try to do is reintroduce logic into the minds of people. So what just happened in that courtroom is illogical. And what just happened to those college students that don't understand that 415s adds up to 60, they think it's 49. And what just happened to, to the outcome when we looked at the school uh, statistics um, across the nation that it has dumbed down so bad that, you know, the ninth and 10th graders at that age, they, they have an education of a 7th grader if they can even maintain a seventh grade knowledge of the world around them. It's kind of a scary thing. We are depleting the normal aspect that two and two equals four. And we're trying to turn it into something else. When a, when a person decides, I understand it can get emotional that they, they're born a certain way. They don't want to, they no longer want to be that way. They want to trans to the other, another way. That's, that's one thing. But when, when a person can't even take in general education uh, and develop it as would, you know, the society expect when they can't even do that. Who is going to fly the next airplanes? Who, who is going to engineer the next uh, awesome life-saving device if they can't even do the basic elementary when they're young? So I'm worried. I just read uh, a statistic. It's 52 or 57%. I'm not sure which one. Mm -hmm of people in the United States cannot read over a sixth grade level. So maybe we Scary. should start there. <laughs> maybe we should start there. Yes, right. exactly. <laughs> and have some books around. The other things that's going on is with social media, they don't really want you to talk. They want the mainstream media to be the only ones that can talk. The mainstream media, you know, are told by somebody else. So it's not even just delivering news anymore. They're told by somebody else. This is what we're talking about today. Um, so all this stuff is kind of out of hand now. Well, one thing we can still kind of say we have, and that's our American freedom. So hopefully we don't lose that completely because guys that are just sitting here talking about this stuff will suddenly become a threat if we lose that American freedom. Hopefully that never happens. So I'm going to just kind of roll out of this into a few headlines over at Getter News, guys. But I wanted to point out one more thing in this um, open here. You know, it does matter whether or not we understand basic elementary the way basic elementary needs to be understood. It's just like with science, you know, um, matter is a, a solid substance is matter. And then you have to understand that you can't just put your arm through solid matter, at least not as we, the way we know physics in this realm of existence, a human being with flesh and bone. You can't take your human being arm and run it through the monitor screen and see it on the other side of the monitor screen, then pull it back and nothing ever changed uh, physically to the monitor screen. It doesn't work that way. We have to understand the basic elementary of matter and antimatter. Well, that's all I'm trying to say is we are decaying that, guys, in our brains. We're starting to redefine what logic really is. We want logic to be something opposite of what logic actually is, which was created by our God. This is the American Freedom and God podcast, and today I will be reading us some scripture that will um, helpfully bring some hope into your your day and encourage you to go and read the rest of it, hopefully. so. But before we get there, I'm going to read a few headlines. I wanted to mention that, the, that uh, back about three months ago, so we were still in 2023, maybe in December, 
Um, I was like, today's the 20, 29th? No, 21st. I think. Yeah, where did I lose my time? <laughs> 21st. Okay, uh, February 2024. So, but three months ago, I was listening to a podcast, and uh, the speaker, uh, her name was Natalie Winters, and I was listening to the fact that she, I was listening where she wanted us to, to hear about what you guys are about to see with uh, the star Taylor Swift. So I'm listening to her. Say, what about Taylor Swift? I, you know what? I never bought any of her CDs or anything, so I don't even know what her music is. I'm big rocker, so I wouldn't know. Did you did you hear it on the PA system in the store somewhere? Well, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> I wouldn't have known. But so I don't even know her. I'm not... I don't have it in for Taylor Swift in any way, shape, or form. I'm a musician myself. So anyway, she's talking about Taylor Swift. She says, guys, get ready. Taylor Swift's going to start showing up everywhere on every magazine in the stores. They're going to be propping her up everywhere and in hopes that they can get people to listen to her words and that they can retain voters, possibly because Joe Biden's numbers are so horrible that they got to find somebody else to prop up besides Joe Biden that they can keep saying good things about Joe through. So just she's saying this three months ago, look for the Taylor Swift thing to start growing and growing and growing and be all in your face for the next entire election season of 2024. Because that is one of the ways they're going to try to get through to people. They're going to use Taylor Swift. I said, wait a minute, doesn't Taylor Swift have any say-so about this? What if she's a Trump voter? Okay, granted, she's probably not. But what if she was? I mean, doesn't she have any say-so? Does any musicians or actors and actresses have any say-so of their own? That's questionable, isn't it, when they get up there at the top tier? Right. Well, we saw that uh, this was definitely the fact. When I brought it up uh, and and talked to other people about it, the next thing you know, there it was. All the magazines on the, on, in the grocery store right there in the Balkan. When you go to check out, there's her big old face and exactly what was predicted. So how is it that we already know these things in advance before they do it? Because it's not a coincidence. It's not a coincidence at all? No, it's orchestrated. She didn't earn new fame somehow? Oh, uh, she earned fame, but they definitely propped her up. Mm. I mean, everything she said is really coming true now. You mm. wait and see. Wait till she endorses her candidate. And, and I think, personally, this is my thought. Mm. Was she was going out with a high-profile football player who happened to win the yeah. Super Bowl? Yeah, that okay. was recent, most recent. Uh, who also took millions from Pfizer to take what? the vaccination. If they break up within the next six months, you know it was a total fabrication. It's not a matter of if, though, is it? Well, I'm it's just matter saying of when. <laughs> it's, it's a total fabrication. We, we, we can definitely see that some things are real and most things are not. That's why... Uh, that's that's why what I'm talking about here is we're we're decaying basic elementary. And you can go back to last week's we're, we're decaying basic law. It was, welcome to the age of lawlessness. You know this is the uh, this is the thing that brings republics down. The very things it's trying to set in in the United States right now is the very stuff that brings the republic down. I was just wondering what do they, or let's say they, they win at this, which I, they, there's a cell won't, but let's say they were to be able to win at this and pull this off and turn America into what their ideology is. What do they stand to gain from it? You're, you're running out the, the very prospects and prosperity of a nation. You're running it right out. The destruction of America. Oh, they want to gain the destruction of America. Well, you figure if America's the number one country in the world who's free, 
and you're a globalist and you want control of everything, you have to take down America because we are the beacon and the hill. We are the place. It's speaking so harshly, though, you know, it's like uh, of America, it's it's harshly saying that these people want to destroy us. It's shockingly sobering, isn't it? I can't get anybody to believe those words, though. If I start talking well, over a, a dinner, I know, you know. I know. Okay. I just, they're trying to destroy America. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what, what makes you think that? Well, you are just losing it, dude. Yeah, you know? I, know, I know. That's what I want to get if I say that. I know. But you know what, guys? Let's look and see um, closer what's going on. Before we talk about that, uh, I think that's like the overall scheme of things that uh, Debbie's hitting on and I'm hitting on in this show today. But what if we were to talk about some of the stuff along the way? Like, I will read a couple headlines for you real real quick, and we'll just see if how this stuff kind of lines up into the ultimate ideology that says we need to de the demise of the free America. We need to turn it into something else. We got some other people that are running things, and we want to stick with that ideology along the way. Well, we, maybe we can look at some other things and kind of compare it. And then at the, you know, when we get close to the end of the show, we'll see, well, does this look like they're trying to destroy America? You can be the judge. Got a headline here on one of my favorite social networking sites. Now, I'm not sure if Jason Miller, still the guy that started the getter.com website, um, and his team, I'm not sure if they're still owning it or not anymore but I, I do see that it's it's up and running it's still doing its thing i'm just noticing that it doesn't seem to see any more posts from jason maybe he still does maybe he does it i don't know but it's it's uh it's just throwing that out there i'm not sure anymore scoop gop privately expects government shutdown here's the scoop so i'm showing a picture of mike johnson Speaker of the House, and right now they are in, a, they're enjoying a slight majority over the, you know, the Democrats in the House of Representatives. But it's not a very big majority, and a lot of times the votes are so close that even when you have the majority, you don't seem to have the control that sometimes you got to have to sway things in your direction. Let's say you want to keep the freedoms of America, but the opposition likes would like to see that turn to socialism or communism. Well, if you have the majority, you get to vote in legislation that will preserve your freedoms and get away a little easier because you have the majority. Well, the minority, they would like to see it be communist or socialist, but they lost the vote, so I guess it's going to have to stay free for now. That's what having the majority in the House of Representatives can do for the country and for the American people. But if you lose that majority to those who wish it to be the Bernie Sanders outlook or the Elizabeth Warren outlook, they want it to be more socialist. They want to take the rich money and give it to everybody. It's socialist. Nobody owns a thing. If they were to get the majority and they keep getting their way, then every all the laws and legislature starts going their direction. But the scoop is saying that privately, uh, the GOP expects a government shutdown behind closed doors. House Republicans have shifted from dot, dot, dot. You can go to getter.com and read the rest of that story. I'm sure it'll take you to a page that has the entire story. Um, the next one under that is James Biden testifies today at impeachment meeting. Focus is on money to the president. Guys, we don't like point fingers without knowing facts. And every time I get a break or a drop on news, I like to wait a day or two. I didn't just learn that from people like Dan Bongino, who's always saying that. I didn't just learn that from, you know, the, 
the, the Fox News anchor, Sean Hannity, or people that are always saying that on their radio shows. I'm saying it because I believe it the same way. I'm not just repeating or echoing. I believe it the same way. You should wait a day or two before you really comment on something. And so what I'm looking at here is that uh, they're saying that the president had, had done some things he shouldn't have done and, and accepted money while he was vice president of the United States. But he's now the president, so it's worded that way. Today at impeachment meeting, focus is on money to the president. So they're going to go ahead and bring up what uh, James Comey. Yeah, not, no way, not Comey. That was the former FBI director that got fired. Comer, Comer, representative, chairman in, in the Judicial um, Investigations Committee over there in House of Representatives. Comer has been um, bringing out for the last uh, several months now all the SARS from banks, all the, the private-owned companies that don't really produce anything under the, the Biden family's name. And he's been showing, trying to show the world that this is th these are crimes. This is not right. Had the people have known this, he probably wouldn't even have been a candidate. He probably wouldn't have been a good candidate for president. This stuff has to be looked at. This stuff has to be investigated. And so that's where this headline comes from. Today, They've it has evolved to a point, it's months later now, that uh, they're going on with their, their meetings and the focus is on this money that was paid to the president. You know, did you know you're not allowed to do that You know, when you're in American politics? You're there to serve the, the, the constituents of America or the executive branch, protect America and have a strong military and do foreign affairs and, and be all for America, your country. You're there to do that. You're not there to get rich and sell and be that that product you know or that brand that brings in all this money from foreign agencies if you do that it's treasonous mm -hmm. i'm not accusing them of having convict having uh committed treason i am saying it's treasonous right. to accept any payoff from a chinese um country or a japanese country or the iranians or anywhere else around the world the russians if you accept payoff and it's because you you are in United States politics and you are in the White House as the vice president, then you, you're committing crimes. Oh, no, it's not a crime because we're doing this and we're doing that and it's in this account and it's in that account and it's really not going to me, it's going to... Okay, and that's how they get away with it, right? They say all that stuff. Well, think about it. You know, I don't think it was a secret of what the Bidens have been doing all these years. I mean, the fact that they had 22 shell companies and all these various mm -hmm. names, and they had no product. They didn't make anything other than the Biden name. Mm -hmm. And he's been in politics for, what, 50 years? So this right. isn't new. I'm sure it's been going along lots and lots of years. So exactly. think about if you're trying to infiltrate a country or really do some damage to a country, mm -hmm. who do you want to pop up as president? Somebody that you have a lot of dirt on that you can control? Oh, yeah. I mean, if I was like in, in behind the scenes and wanting to run this thing, right. I, I need a clown. Right. Somebody a with puppet. a name, yeah. somebody with a face. Yeah, I can pull People strings. know him, but we can control right. him because of all the dirt we have on him. Mm, the unseen. The, yes. it's the unseen pulling these strings. That's how he gets away with it. Well, got him, got him to where he's at. Anybody in power is uh, adhering to these unseens and saying, yeah. don't you dare go after Joe Biden. Well, you next. <laughs> the fact that our right? whole—I mean, the, the fact that what look what they've done to Trump. They've got him into what they're trying to get him a billion dollars into debt. 
because mm. they want to tie him up to get him to drop out. I mean, everything they're doing right. from this man doesn't even make sense. They are so afraid that he is going to bust open the greatest con. I'm, and I'm trying to figure out, is there any, are there any American people who can't see this yet? I, I, <laughs> really, I, don't, really? I don't know, but, you know, I ran into somebody the other day that I think she doesn't get it yet. Yeah, yeah, I think she doesn't get it yet. Okay, uh, all this well, I've been saying about these shell companies, everything with with the president, the current president or the resident, all this stuff that's been happening. We're saying he, these are crimes, these are treasonous. They're, they're 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 wanting to jump in and say, but wait a minute, Trump's also did all these crimes. The mainstream media told me so. That's just <laughs> hearsay. It doesn't even mean that that happened. We've been hating Trump for. Eight years now. <laughs> I mean, the whole <laughs> Russian thing, everything the media said was made up. Can you ever overcome such a thing that has been done to the to the elementary of the American people, the basic outlook of what is and what isn't? Can it ever be undone? Can you recover from this? I don't know. I'm not a Trump lover trying to desperately speak up for the man. I'm a, a person who has joined freedom in America, plays music. Goes about every day like you do. I work, I, I, I play, I eat, I sleep like anyone else. And I'd like to live healthily. Right. I'd like to know that if, if, I get, if I get a prescription of medicine that I can trust it. I'd like to know that I'm not making some pharmaceutical company, you know, billions of dollars by becoming totally ill and then having to do their, their new drug. Yeah. I'd like to know that none of that is going to happen, that this is just... One more day in our wonderful life here in America. So just having that in, in the back of my mind, I say what I say. So um, we can move on now. But I'm, I'm wondering, they do think that uh, Trump has done wrong, especially um, Arthur Engron, a judge in New York, he also thinks that Trump has done wrong. So he's got this huge, him and Letitia James have this huge um, conviction uh, on Donald Trump that's going to have to be appealed, of course. But everybody's going around celebrating the high five and then we're getting Trump, we're getting Trump. And what they're doing is they're getting the very person that wants to tell the truth and wants to show the truth, as opposed to their candidate. If you want to oppose it to anything, you got to oppose it to the other guy that he's the opposition of. And how brilliant is Joe Biden? How many companies could Joe Biden actually run? No, can he compare to somebody like Jeff Bezos or no. Elon Musk? Or can he compare to anybody that does that kind of stuff? Is he is he one of those? I think he's just good at um, um, moving good. money around, basically. Yeah, well, so Kevin O'Leary is a famous Shark Tank um, guy from the show Shark Tanks, and they do um, they listen to people's ideas and offer millions of dollars should they choose their idea to help them get somewhere and you know it's like a shark loan <laughs> so they call it shark tank well today uh, kevin is going to weigh in i'm going to go ahead and play that for you first he's going to weigh in on what's going on in that area of um this little case that i've been talking about since the beginning of the show today so i would just like to kind of read a little bit and then we're going to play the little sound bite that i brought today this is why you can't start there, okay? It does not matter what the governor says. New York was already a loser state. Okay, so these are the words of Kevin O'Leary from Shark Tank. It's like California is a loser state. There are many loser states because of policy, high taxes, uncompetitive regulation. It was already on the top of the list to be a loser state. I would never invest in New York now. I am not the only person saying that, O'Leary said. 
So fast forward down to, he concluded they have a lot of work to do to find themselves getting out of a situation, and this has occurred post-pandemic. Um, it's winner versus loser states. Like at Tennessee, the fastest growing city is Nashville. Good policy, competitive taxes. You got to start thinking about this in the context of winners and losers. New York is a mega loser state. Okay, so those are, that's a huge uh, thing to say about New York. All I know is uh, he might be on to something here. Let's listen in to what is being said uh, further by Kevin O'Leary to then move on to this soundbite right here. Ventures Chairman, Shark Tank Investor. You know, Kevin, you had mentioned, and it was a very profound kind of comment, that, you know, some of these other businesses do have right to be concerned, whether they like Donald Trump or not. Maybe you can elaborate on that. Well, this this award, um, I mean, just leaving the whole Trump thing out of it and, and seeing what occurred here, and, and I'm, I'm no different than any other investor. I'm shocked at this. I, I can't even understand or fathom uh, the the decision at all. It, there's no rationale for it. And so let me give you a real-time uh, experience I'm having regarding this, and I'm not the only one. It doesn't matter what the governor says. New York was already a loser state, like California is a loser state. There are many loser states because of policy, high taxes, uncompetitive regulation. It was already on the top of the list of being a loser state. I would never invest in New York now, and I'm not the only person saying that. And here's a real-time situation. In development in real estate right now, the hottest asset class is very high-end data centers. They cost anywhere from two and a half to three and a half billion each. They're very expensive. They require low power. You need permits. But most of the major institutions in the world need more data centers, and that's why developers like me are doing this. Now, you need power. So New York has Niagara Falls. Normally, you'd consider that to put in one of these facilities, create 400 jobs, five more jobs for each of one of those for auxiliary services. I can't go to New York. So I'm going to Oklahoma, North Dakota, West Virginia. Governor Stitt, Kevin Stitt, my staff have met with him. Governor Bergen, the same thing. Governor Justice, those are winner states. They don't do things like this. I have to syndicate that debt and all that equity. We're talking billions of dollars here. Do you think any foreign institution or any private equity firm or any pension fund would touch New York? No. And that's why New Yorkers should be concerned. The fine people of New York should ask themselves, why are we such a loser state? How are we going to attract business? It's not just the existing businesses that are fleeing out to Texas and Florida. What about new money like this that I'm talking about, like a $4 billion data center? Not a chance I would put that in New York. Zero probability. Never. And so they've got a lot of work to do to find themselves getting out of this situation. This has all occurred post-pandemic. Winner states versus loser states. Look at Tennessee right now, fastest growing city in America, Nashville. Winner state, good policy, competitive taxes. You've got to start thinking about this in the context of winners and losers. New York, mega loser state okay uh, it, it says underneath this uh, soundbite too it says trump will challenge judge arthur dengron's definition of fraud and that's what i was talking about at the beginning of the show the definition of fraud what is it elementary wise you know we don't even have to get past elementary if we can't even do two plus two um 
The definition of fraud that led to a $335 million judgment in a former president's New York civil trial. So also with that, I went ahead to take a look at what Trump had to say. And as I was scrolling through every, he, he gets into a lot of technical stuff. I didn't want to go ahead and, and, and you know, read or uh, recite uh, for the show. So I just went ahead and found, um, as Trump posts, he did add some sound bites. So let's go ahead and listen to this sound bite here with Laura Ingram. Joining us now, Saul Weisenberg, former deputy independent counsel and Fox News contributor. Saul, Fannie Willis spoke at a church over the weekend and said the scripture um, uh, people keep sending me is no weapon formed against you shall prosper. But just because they don't prosper, it doesn't mean they won't form. Even if you feel like everything you're doing in your life is the right thing. So Fanny is the victim, it looks like here, Saul Weisenberg. Well, this is very serious. This is the second time she has made extrajudicial statements that are likely to affect the outcome of the case. It's totally unethical. It's a valid ground, I think, to have her uh, taken off the case and to have the case dismissed. Now, the much worse thing she did was several weeks ago when she appeared at the oldest African-American church in Atlanta and said that her the defense attorneys opposing her were racist. That is unquestionably unethical. It's tainting a jury pool that overwhelmingly elected her. And why aren't more people talking about this? Why aren't uh, I'm only aware of one person in the mainstream uh, media who has commented upon this and condemned it. So it's very disturbing. Well, Saul, on this New York uh, Letitia James case and the Judge Arthur Angeron judgment, I, I, I mean, it took my breath away when I first saw it on Friday. Um, this is an effort to drive him not only out of New York, but out of business. And that message to other entrepreneurs or business people in New York is? Uh, don't don't screw with the Uniparty. And it's not just political candidates, though they're the most in danger. Any really, truly, radically conservative candidate is is in great, great danger by this kind of activity. All you need is uh, a, a biased, result-oriented judge and a DA who actually runs on uh, indicting you. But really, anybody is at risk, any business that runs afoul of the progressive orthodoxy, it can be on any of the hot-button social issues. So I think it's going to have a real effect. It's real, should be very embarrassing to the state of New York. And again, I can't emphasize it enough. She ran on a platform of getting Trump and then oversaw the case. Totally improper in my view. All right. Former prosecutor Andrew Weissman, along with other uh, far left prosecutors, are out circling the wagons for Judge Angeron. Watch. This is really um, a, a decision that will cause a lot of pain, not just because of the number, but because of the way in which the company is restricted going forward. So a, a very, very severe decision. Saul, they want Trump to not be able to move freely, even in his own companies. They have a minder in his company They've barred him from having anything to do with it for three years. His sons, uh, you know, they're obviously severely restricted as well. I have never in my life witnessed anything like this when there is actually no victim. And when the banks, as a good friend of mine mentioned to me over the weekend, 
did their own due diligence on these loans? There's no loss. The judge crows about that in, in the opinion. He says, really, you don't need it under this statute. And what he's doing is he is disgorging uh, ill-gotten gains by, by Trump, allegedly ill-gotten gains. But if there's no financial loss by anybody, if people like Deutsche Bank testified, we wanted to do business with them, we did our own due diligence, how can there be uh, improper gain to be disgorged? And as for, as for Mr. Wiseman, he's an expert on prosecutorial overreach. As you know, it's almost unheard of. You really have to be pathetic to have a judge mention your Brady violation in an opinion. And that is what happened with him several years ago when he was. A- it's a shame. Uh, the man, he's former deputy independent counsel, Sol Weisenberg. He knows exactly what he's talking about. He's like, you could just look at the man and listen to him talk. He would have never been a deputy of any independent counsel if he wasn't the man for the job. But there are some that get a job similar to that, and there's nothing but, and, and he just said it, they're nothing but overreach. They redefine what the law means. They're going after somebody's uh, money, somebody's business. Don't want to put other people in place, like at the uh, businesses that he owns in New York. Others from the government will go take it over for three for the first three years, and he won't be allowed to have anything to do with it. How can you do this to somebody when there's no victim, nobody was hurt? As a matter of fact, the, they were just saying to people that were doing business with Trump at the time of what this case was about was his. Uh, there was some sort of fraud going on with the banks and stuff. They're all saying, no, they love doing business with Trump right. and wanted to do more. He was considered a whale to them. They right. made good money off of him yeah, and they happy. wanted more of it. Nobody was hurt by, by Trump at all. And yet the court still says, yes, there was, yes, there was, yes, there was. And you're still a bad man. I mean, I'm putting it in those words, but that's not exactly what they said, but well, that's you, what we're hearing at the end of the day. You can, it's just it's all twist and turn. It's and political. Upside down. This is political. No elementary, no two plus two equals four. Yeah. He didn't even get allowed a defense. This is not let oh. him run. Try to do everything we so, can so he won't run. What? American can't see through this out there. <laughs> I don't know. If they're still listening to the news, they still think he's bad. Well, if you were looking at that video just now, guys, I've used on the American Freedom of God podcast the visual aids, and you can go to rumble.com or johnpfox.com and see the actual videos of these. Uh, this I call it the ditto cam, you know, taken after Rush Limbaugh. So I have the ditto cam on there. And what we were watching just now is everybody in that courtroom are the Americans that I can't imagine still doesn't see through this stuff. Those were the people that can't see through it. I mean, there's some of them sitting back there in that courtroom looking at Mr. Trump while he was sitting at, with his attorney, you know, you all back that, there staring at or him. Or they're just playing a part and that they're committed to it and they have to see it through. I think they're one of the people that are circling the altar at a satanic ritual. That's what I think they are. Well, that's just me. Though. That's the well, way I see them, you know, being a person of God. Yeah. So you know what's right from wrong, and yet yeah, you still right. go to the wrong, and you hang around there, and you right? get all into it, and you yeah. become part of that. It's, yeah, that's bad. Well, I needed to point that out. I mean, it's kind of a harsh way to put it, but what, else, what are you going to do, right? Well, that, that was a visual for you. <laughs> that's a sure. visual for you right there. <laughs> so uh, I was looking at another post I wanted to point out before I walked away from this one, but I think we're about done with sound, but oh, I got one more. Uh, but Representative Clay Higgins, 
introduced a bill that if any state in the union blocks the official nominee of a major political party from the presidential ballot, their electoral state, no, their electoral slate will not be counted by Congress on the following January 6th, meaning the day when electoral votes are counted. So, Clay uh, Higgins, uh, House of Representatives, is introducing a bill that I hope and pray will get voted in. Yes. And that will keep these, um, well, there's this constant battle over what's common sense and what isn't. That'll keep some of this, you know, these hits coming from the nonsensical. That's the way you to know, put it, common sense or not. You know, it's and so it's a major po- political party from the president, keeping them from a presidential ballot just because you don't like him. That's not going to work in America or shouldn't be allowed to work in America. We're going to have to change the name from America to something else if that's well, what we're going to allow. You're certainly not in a free country. That you're not in a free country on. anymore if you're doing that. That completely takes away the aspect of a free country. I'd like to also add that we, I have lost faith that... I can count on my CIA or my FBI. I have lost faith that I can count on my government for anything. As a matter of fact, from what I've learned from studying this stuff the last six years now, is they'd like to just see me dead. And I don't mean just me, but that's how much they care about me, my own government, my own president, my own CIA, my own FBI, my own any of them, Homeland Security. They neither one of them care either way what happens. Now, if you break it down and you end up, let's say you end up having to, uh, on dialysis and having to get Medicare and Medicaid. If you break it down, the people in the offices that handle that stuff will go ahead and apply you in and get, get you, get you listed. And you might just get on there. And then later you might be able to say, my government cares about me. They're paying for my, you know, medical stuff. But I'm saying when you take that element out and just look at the three branches of government and the, the entities in the DOJ, which I just mentioned, and ask yourself, do you feel confident that they care about you? The answer is no. Yes. Whether they pay no. for Medicare or not, that comes from the American people anyways. It's not the government paying it. Most it's the American people do people. not get any help for the government for anything. Most the of them don't. The they get turned down. Nothing. 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 Except if you're an illegal alien here lately in, in New York, Mayor Adams wants to issue $10,000 debit cards to each one. Do Ten you know grand how many for nothing. I know that have no Taxpayer money. None. Mm. Because they can't afford it. Sad stuff. Um, it's not sad for the illegals, though. It's good stuff for them. They're going to be happy. Well, you know, on one hand, I'd like to see that they're not going to, um, you know, get all hungry and get antsy and not have anywhere to sleep or eat. I'm glad. I'm glad they're doing that part. It's a humanitarian thing. But to give them ten grand, I wouldn't mind a debit card of ten grand from Mayor Adams right now. And not that it's, I would go live in New York with it. <laughs> it's, it's not even remotely. It, it makes or no fair. sense. It comes from taxpayers, and and Adams knows that. It's. You know, well, I think it's even beyond that. Look, hit on that thumbnail right now. Interest on the national debt. Just talk about. That I didn't even read that headline. Interest on national debt set to exceed defense budget as House weighs spending ninety five billion on foreign aid. So the House is weighing that up, but they're not going to, hopefully not going to approve that. No, but the point being is these people in charge are just printing money. The fact that we yeah, want to spend more right. than we spend on our whole defense budget Showing to give press. away to another country, to give away money to people that were illegally put here, it doesn't even make remotely sense. Yeah. And if you look at this, this 
special rag content paper you're seeing right here that's made by the U.S. government in a way that it can't be counterfeited because of the, the rag content and the watermark and everything else that it has. And when you're looking at each one of these in this print and press, you got to ask yourself, who's backing this dollar amount? What worth does it actually have? None. Other than our How can you just print that whenever you want? But, but this is my point. People that do... That That's counterfeit. <laughs> people that want to take this country down or destroy it yeah. from the inside out will spend money, will print money, will allow all this to happen and and act like they're doing it for our best when it's, it's the absolute opposite. I mean, and if you ask those kids in college there, they can't add up... Four fifteens and come up with sixty. Right. When you ask them what they think of this printed money right here, we're over thirty-four trillion in debt. We can't even pay the interest on it. Fiscal year, the the money that comes in fiscally from the taxpayers isn't even enough to cover it. And they're printing more, and they're just going to put it in whatever they say. They're putting it in, even if it goes there or not. What do you kids think about that? And they're going to say, well, it's still worth the money that it says it's worth. Well, because they don't look at, nobody looks they at anything. They don't understand it any right. other way. No, nobody wants to look at anything because it's painful. It's mm. hurtful to realize we've been mm. lied to, we've been fooled, we're being manipulated on a level we never even thought was uh, well, what comprehensible. I, what I would say to them dearly is that if we allow it and it becomes too late, that's going to be way more painful than anything you're learning along the way. You better believe Way it. more painful. It's just going to be something unbelievable to live with. I was thinking about a few other things uh, for today's show. I came up with Tucker Carlson's little interview with Jordan Peterson talking about the WEF's dark agenda. Guys, I wanted to, it's a short video, I'm just going to play it for you, but one thing I wanted to add to this is, do we even need a WEF being talked about in this country on the news and stuff? No. Not really. I mean, what is the WEF? It's the World Economic Forum. Okay, so they get together and talk about economics. Uh-huh. Like any other forum. Uh-huh. You become a member of the forum and you can weigh in. Well, what we're starting to learn is they have a darker agenda than oh, just talking yeah. about economics. Oh, yeah. And it's called the New World Order. I think even Putin uh, said something to that oh, effect. Yeah. He said, your days are numbered, talking to Claus, Claus, Claus. Schaub. Yeah. yeah. So your days are numbered because the people ain't buying this. It's going to fail. Thank God. And so even Putin was saying that. Not that I'm a big fan. I'm just saying it's what he said. We're going to go ahead and check this out, though. I think that uh, they asked... Um, Jordan Peterson, what he thinks about that? Let's just listen. The first thing I would say is that one of the things I've learned very deeply in the last few years is that it's a very dangerous thing to make the assumption that the world is a limited resource, zero-sum game. And then you might say, well, how can it not be? Because there is a finite amount of, of certain so-called resources. And I would say, well, the reason it isn't is because there isn't any desert that we wouldn't be able to make bloom and permanently make infinitely productive if we got our acts together in the manner that Tucker described. You know, there's a, I've been writing a new book about the biblical stories, and one of the continual, the emphasis in that corpus of stories is continual. And the central message is that if you orient yourself upward and you act with the highest regard for yourself and for other people. There's no limit to the abundance that you can bring forth. And if you have faith in that, you don't have to be concerned about sharing. You know that there's, there's not only more than enough for everyone, 
that more depends on you being as generous as you possibly could be with everyone. And all that would do would be to increase what's available. And the alternative to that is exactly the WAF view, which is that, quite frankly, there's too goddamn many people on the planet. And every time I hear that, I think, just exactly what spirit is saying that? And just precisely, who the hell do you think should go? And just exactly how? So I don't view human beings as an impediment to the beauty and pristineness of, of the Mother Earth that we've come to worship. You know, I think the notion that we're all creatures made in the image of God with an infinite transcendent worth is as true as any statement can be. And I think nothing... And I believe that there is nothing that is beyond our capability on the side of good, if we aimed up and told the truth and had sufficient faith and courage, and I don't believe there's anything truer than that. And that is not what the WAF stands for. They stand for a Malthusian zero-sum game of scarcity, privation, and top-down centralized control. And with the technology that we have now, I wouldn't recommend that we do that. May, may, may I just answer one question raised by your eloquent and absolutely right analysis of the World Economic Forum? And that is, what spirit animates them? Well, if you believe people are the problem, then that is, of course, a genocidal spirit. If I believe that the problem with my kitchen is it has too many mice, the solution is to kill the mice. Too many roaches, I kill the roaches. They're the problem. They're the impediment. And so make no mistake, and this sort of tracks with what I was saying earlier, don't lie to yourself about the agenda. If people are the problem and you're a person then your life is in the way of whatever goals they're seeking to achieve. By definition, am I missing something? No, I'm not. But all of us, it's so grotesque because, to further elaborate in one sentence, it's a demonic spirit, just to be clear. Any, any spirit that seeks to hurt, kill, divide, demoralize other people is a demonic spirit, by definition. So that's what animates it. You're the target, and don't lie to yourself. I mean, basically what I'm trying to say is if they, this WEF doesn't think of us as people so much. There's too many of us. They don't like that. They want to see this get, you know, reduced. The populations around the world get it reduced. Less uh, this, less that, less food needed. They still believe in their, their that we're ruining the uh, atmosphere and the stratosphere and the global warming and all that. And so it, they figure if we get rid of people and get rid of all the farms and get rid of all the eating and the miles that need to eat, we won't have to worry about that and we can run the world that way. Do you think that's yeah. really what they think? Or do you think that they're just afraid that there's so many of us well, that if we ever work together, we'd get rid of them in a heartbeat? Well, I, I kind of know that there's a lot more to it than that. Right? Than what, but we, we have to at least start gently waking people up right. just gently you know listen i want you to understand this now they don't really want a lot of people in the world if they can stay if they can do something about it that's exactly what you're setting out to do well yeah. it starts with pandemics uh it starts with vaccines it ain't necessarily something you should be putting in your body but right. but yet they've convinced you it's a vaccine Poisoning us with Poison, food. Yes. Which brings me to the health segment. We are short on time, but guys, I'm going to run this one even though it goes over a little bit. I got I went over on my monologue a little bit, but I'm going to make this play out. So I'm, I'm bringing us over to Dr. Eric Berg, 
a video uh, on bread. And I'm just going to play like a minute of it. And then I am going to weigh in on this because lately we have been noticing the differences in the most simple food that a person or a human being would first approach in their life. And that would be bread. So let's just hear what Dr. Berg is saying about that. Hopefully the audio is coming out pretty good on these. Warning, you may never eat bread again after watching this video. Now, I do know that even at hinting at this idea of taking away someone's bread can stir up a lot of upset, emotion, resistance, etc. But I just want to challenge you to watch this video because the question is, why do people love bread so much? I mean, what is it about the bread that is so special that people like so much? Well, you're about to find out that there is a huge push to get everyone on this planet to eat more grains. The problem is we're already eating too many grains. There's a new term I want to introduce to you called health washing. Health washing is a term to describe um, giving certain claims to foods that are not necessarily true. I mean, everywhere you look, the grains are natural. They're wholesome. Whole grains are a part of a healthy diet. I mean, they're high in fiber, which they actually are not as high in fiber as other foods. They're loaded in vitamins and minerals, and we won't talk about the anti-nutrient called phytase that blocks those minerals. And grains are heart healthy, and they can even help you lower your, your belly fat. But the problem is that most of these studies are surveys, they're questionnaires, they're not peer-reviewed placebo-controlled clinical trials, and if they are, they're industry-sponsored studies. The point is that when we're continually told to consume 6 to 11 servings of grains as our foundation for our diet, one half of them being whole grains, the other can be refined grains, that's a tremendous amount of carbohydrates that are introduced to our diet. But today I'm going to talk about just one little tiny aspect of bread. Okay, I'm not going to. Okay, I got to stop it there. But I, I believe he's going into grains right here. And he is trying. I, I believe what he's trying to point out is that the grains of today are not the same as the grains um, back in history. You know, fields have been retilled. Mm -hmm. Crops have been replanted. They're being dusted with uh, pest control. They're being dusted with all kinds of control. The grains that that came out like a hundred years ago are far more rich in grains than the grains that are on the same field coming out now. So maybe they're not maintaining something there. Maybe they are. I, I'm not an expert at this, but I am an expert at knowing one thing. We were reading the ingredients on a loaf of bread in the grocery store, and we couldn't pronounce half of it. Mm -hmm. And they're very long. The, the list of ingredients are very long. And then... Debbie, just for the for the, the podcast listeners, what we stopped doing, uh, you a long time ago, but me recently within the last year, year and a half, I stopped eating the uh, Wonder Breads or the, the, the Jewish rye I used to buy. It's very tasty. You know, you don't suspect anything. You just like it. You know, you can make a, a sandwich on that. But I stopped eating it and I started to not even care if I have bread or not. Well, you started bringing these homemade breads out of the oven and, and, and slicing it up. And I was like, oh, imagine that, bread that didn't go through the process. Mm -hmm. So in your process, how simple is it and how much additives and preservatives are you putting in your bread? Well, um, we're, we're into sourdough. So when you do sourdough, you, you create your own yeast out of your flour and water. So how do you make the bread? It's Oh, wait, organic. Wait, wait. So if it's not sourdough, you have to add 
No, what you do yeast. is yeast. Well, yes, a, a yeast product that, that somebody says is yeast. Uh, so I don't even know what's in that. I don't even. No, know I, I, I know you don't even really know what it is if it just says yeast product. Yeah, maybe yeah. you can read those long terms. I, mean, in the I think ingredients. years ago, uh-huh. uh, people did what we're doing. They they create their own yeast out of sourdough, and it's ferment fermentation. Fermentation. Basically. Wow. And so, so it's just unbleached flour, water. And salt, Himalayan salt. That that's the whole makeup. That's nothing it. else. No preservatives. This nothing. doesn't have to sit on the shelf for, no for oil, six months. No nothing. Right. And so, when I go down the grocery store bread aisle, I see over three hundred types uh, or brands of bread. It, it it all looks coordinated. It all looks done by intelligent men and women of the world. And here it is now for sale. Mm-hmm. And we've eaten it, eaten it all our lives, basically. And um, the only thing I can say is I know that there was a time when I was so bloated that I didn't like the looks of myself with a shirt off, mm-hmm. you know, I, 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 on the job when you're sweating really bad, you want to pull it off, you can't. And uh, Or getting out of the shower, you, you look away from the mirror, it's like, oh my God, I look disgusting. <laughs> you know, you're telling yourself. <laughs> all I noticed is that disappeared when all the processed foods disappeared. I'm not saying it's going to be the same for every person, but I did notice it on myself. So I am adding this health segment to the podcast for that reason. I've noticed a day and night difference in my approach. And one of the biggest uh, voices in training and teaching of this kind of thing, what to eat, what not to eat, was Dr. Eric Berg on the YouTube. I've been watching him for over a year now, and he's got thousands of videos. And so far, I haven't found any reason not to understand or believe what he's showing on the whiteboard there. It all checks out to be, you know, we are biological beings. We're created by God. We have a certain type of um, ingenious mechanism going on inside this flesh and bone that when everything is just right, you're going to feel just right and you're going to look just right. When you start to stray from that, you become, you don't feel quite as good. You don't look quite as good. Your skin starts to do weird things. Um, you know, you, you, it hurts sometimes to, to do something that's hard, hot, hard and heavy, like on a job. It hurts to run around the block. You can't get on a tennis court and play tennis. You don't, you can't even bowl very long before you start getting a little sore in the, the back of your thigh or something. And it all stems from the stuff that was in the processed food that you've been eating for 20 or 30 years. It stems from that. When I started listening to Dr. Eric Berg, that's when it all said, no wonder, no mm-hmm. wonder. I didn't realize all this. Yeah. Then I, when I met up with you, we were talking food and you were saying all the same things that he was teaching me. And I was like, how did you know all this? Do you watch Dr. Eric Berg too? And you're like, no, <laughs> I've just been doing this on my own. It's just yeah. the way I was brought up and I was impressed. Guys, I'm completely impressed by that and i would like to express that impression upon this this show during our health segment each week well we were short on time today i spent more time talking about injustices dishonorable judges going after your political opponent trying to act like it's all on the up and up when it's really not and we spent a lot of time on that and less time on this so i'm just going to leave you with something that is read today in romans 9 and then we'll, we'll close it there i speak the truth in christ this is um paul 
talking in the Bible, in the Holy Bible, uh, in the book of Romans, chapter 9. Just started reading Romans, not for the first time, but recently started reading that book again uh, because it's where I happen to be as I travel through the Bible. And so, and I was really starting to like what I was reading. Is it, This is like a refreshing part of the 66 books of the Bible. So I want to go with chapter 9, verse uh, 3 and 4, then up to 6 here. There's, I speak the truth in Christ. I'm not lying. My conscience confirms it through the Holy Spirit. I have great sorrow and increasing anguish in my heart, for I could wish that I myself were cursed and cut off from Christ for the sake of my people, those of my own race, the people of Israel. Theirs is an adoption to sonship. Theirs is divine glory, the covenants, the receiving of the law, the temple worship, and the promises. Theirs are the patriarchs, and from them is traced the human ancestry of the Messiah, who is God over all forever praised. Amen. God's sovereign choice. It is not as though God's word had failed. For not all who are descended from Israel are Israel, nor because they are his descendants are they all Abraham's children. On the contrary, it is through Isaac, who is the son of Abraham, that your offspring will be reckoned. In other words, it is not the children by physical descent who are God's children, but it is the children of the promise who are regarded as Abraham's offspring. For this was how the promise was stated at the appointed time. I will return and Sarah will have a son. If you guys want to know, Sarah was an age in life beyond childbearing age. And she prayed uh, that to God that she would have a son. And God honored her with that. And just as it was a miracle to, for Mary to become impregnated, having not been impregnated the way we do, you know, physically as humans, but impregnated nonetheless from the Spirit, from God. Just as that was done, so did Sarah have a son beyond the age uh, of being able, of most women being able to do that. So it was a miracle on Sarah had that son. The descendants of Christ, all the way back to Isaac, which is a son of Abraham, is just testimony of God's work. It shows that hundreds of years can go by and God is still there. And not only is God still there, Israel is still there. I heard somebody saying the other day, this was a person who uh, was born probably a woman or I mean a, a baby female and decided to change over to be a male. And this Male was talking, uh, perceived male was talking that Israel should not be allowed to exist. Palestine is who I'm for. And Israel is, should be, you know, made gone, not be allowed to exist whatsoever. This person has no idea of what they're saying. Israel was God's people. And what Paul is saying right here, who is a descendant of Israel, and that was the land where, where he came from, is that he is, for the Israeli people, but not all Israelis are God's children because of their beliefs and their, their ways. And their, he's writing, he's letting you know that, that, that um, just because they're descendants of Abraham's children, on the contrary, that through Isaac, your offspring will be reckoned. Well, people, you have to be a believer, whether you're 
uh, born an Israeli or not, because there's a lot of Israelis that uh, chose to go to the left or to the right of God and God's word. But what I learned from reading the Bible all these years, and originally speaking, is that Israel was God's people, his chosen people. And yet someone would stand there and say they should all not exist. It's kind of like saying, well, then, you know, who, what spirit, like Tucker was saying, what spirit uh, would, would stand there and say that this human being should not exist? Lest they have some reason that they should exist too. You know, it, it, it doesn't make sense that you would be the one to decide who should eat and who should die be, because you, for some reason, have that reign over them. But it'd be like if you ever captured a, a couple of frogs or turtles as, as a young kid and put them in a little box or a bucket, and then later you look down at them and determine which frog will live and which one you shall kill. Those are frogs and turtles. Imagine if there were other people in that box and you're looking down deciding which one will live or die based just because you think. So did you know every person has a spirit and not one of those spirits has a God-given inalienable right to deplete the other spirit from its existence? Not one of them. And in the afterlife is where we, we're going to see that. That's when we're really going to learn. I encourage you guys, if you didn't already, let Jesus into your heart. When you do that, you can understand that, uh, that, you know, we're being persecuted in this life, the Christians are, but you can understand that he's He's there with you, he's there with you always, and the door is open to heaven. Each and every one of us, 100% of all physical beings on the planet is going to pass from their body one day. But you know what's not going to happen? They're not actually going to die. I know we call it dying, we call it death. Death is another word for separation. The spirit that's inside your body doesn't die. It doesn't die. There is a second death for some that those he sees fit. That will be talked about at the great white throne judgment. All these things are in the Bible, guys. Read the Bible, King James Version, probably, or something that's, you know, you can always cross-reference, make sure your Bible is on track. Um, we're going to do this again next week. It's my pleasure to bring you these things, especially the health segment. But, you know, the current issues, too, of the United States politics it is worse than ever before. Actually, it's gotten like this. I think I've read where it's gotten like this in the past about 200 years ago. <laughs> so we've really been able to hang on to common sense and two and two equals four for a very long time. It's just now starting to decay again. But look what happened. We really had a fight for it. Mm -hmm. and we're oh, the Civil War, the Revolutionary yeah. Wars, the World Wars. Yeah. We really, and here we go again. It's, yeah. it's so sad. Guys, be strong. Chest up, chest out, head up, chest out. <laughs> Let's do this again next week. Until then. This has been the American Freedom and God Podcast. Join us every week for the latest episodes. Please subscribe, rate, and review the series. Visit us and comment on a blog post at johnpfox.com. Happy listening, and remember to always show your awesome. Bye.
Brez, Tupi, Da, 